We're going to look at the end of Psalm 102. So if you have a Bible, and if you don't, there should be a pew Bible near you. Pick that up and turn with me to Psalm 102. Kids, you can follow along as well. Psalm 102. Maybe a child, someone under the age of 18. Someone under the age of 18, child or teenager, can tell me why Psalm is such an easy book to find. Why is Psalm such an easy book to find, Emma? Yeah, it is big. You know, I didn't think about that, but there's, there's 150 of these Psalms, so it's a pretty long book. That's right. Josh? It's in the middle of your Bible, so unless you have a really extensive end notes or something, just open up the middle of your Bible, you're probably in Psalm. You might be in Proverbs, uh, but usually you're in Psalm. might be in Job, usually in Psalm. So, Psalm 102, and uh, I'm going to read to you verses 25 through 28. So follow along as I read 25 through 28. Psalm 102. Psalm 102, verse 25. Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years have no end, and thy years shall have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. We're going to talk briefly about the immutability of God, which is a fancy way of saying that God never changes. God never changes. Father, thank you for um, never changing, for just being the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't wonder uh, how how you're going to respond to us tomorrow. We, We understand that in your infiniteness, we don't all understand everything there's about you. We know that. We comprehend that. And yet you have shared with us in your word so much about yourself that we can be confident that you never change, that you are a God who is from eternity past to eternity future, your character the same, your attributes the same, your infinite nature the same throughout ages on end. And we are so thankful for that. We're thankful that we worship the same God that the Old Testament saints worshiped. We worship the same God that the New Testament apostles and those who wrote the books of the New Testament, the same God that they worshiped, the same God that our forefathers who came to the United States worshiped, the same God, and our children, as you tarry, your son's return will will worship you the same. And we're thankful, Father, for that uh, promise that you never change, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Open our minds to truth. Give us a better understanding of this uh, passage. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask some questions. And uh, again, I'm going to look to the young people first. So if you're an adult, don't shout out the answer and give it away. And that'll give folks like uh, Sabella. And uh, is AJ back there somewhere? He's hiding. Yeah, AJ. And uh, even Brendan and Christopher. You know, I mean, you, you, you could answer the questions. Hattie. Hattie always is ready to answer, aren't you? Yeah, I, I said, I'm going to ask a question. Hattie starts looking around, wondering if she gets to an, ask, answer the question. And of course, Em and Josh, good job. I may not call on you again because you've already answered one. You know, got to spread it around. Um, God never changes. I think it's really good for us to consider the God that we serve because we can get really focused 
<clears throat> we can get really focused on our circumstances. We can certainly get focused on our weakness or maybe the weakness of our spouse or of our children or of our pastor, and it can be discouraging, but God never changes. And the same God that blessed the Old Testament saints blesses us. The same God who saved those 3,000 at Pentecost is the same God who saves us today. The same God who protected his servants when they were under persecution during the Roman Empire, he protects us today. He never changes. And there's a reason that God never changes, and that is because God is perfect. And how do you change perfection, right? You can't make perfect better, or it would not have been perfect to begin with. And if perfect ever became worse, then it would no longer be perfect. And God is infinite, he's perfect, so he never changes. But not only does God never change because he's perfect, consider that even God's personality and God's character doesn't change. Although sometimes people's personal personality and character changes over time. My grandfather, who's uh, passed away, we called him Grumpy Gramps. He wasn't always grumpy, but as he got older, he seemed to have less patience with childish pranks, right? It's just the way he was, and he changed over time. God doesn't ever change. God never changes, and this is going to be important later, God never changes in his moral understanding. Who he is and what he says is good and right never changes. Now, it's true It's true that God reveals himself progressively through the Bible. So there are things that we learn about God in the New Testament that Old Testament saints did not know. But that isn't because God changed. It's the way that God revealed himself. And it's true, too, that your understanding and my understanding of God changes because our minds only hold so much. And as we learn more about him, we might go, oh, I see how God is. Well, God didn't change. Just your understanding of of him changed. And so I want to get that out of the way because sometimes people see that as God changing. It's not God changing. It's just that he reveals himself progressively and we come to understand him progressively so that it seems to us like he might have been different in the past. He's no different than he ever was. There's, um, this is in contrast to us here in Psalm 102. It says that God created the earth. He created the heavens. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. This is verse 26. All of them shall wax old like a garment. What's a garment? Maybe one of the children that uh, is out there. What's a garment? Any idea? That's a big word, isn't it? Garment? I'm looking for a hand. No children know what a garment is. Okay, how about an adult? What's a garment? Oh, there, Edith. What's a garment? Yeah, it's your clothes. You're exactly right, Edith. Lance didn't even know, you didn't even know Edith knew that word, did you? That is amazing. She's right, it's your clothes. Your clothes get old, don't they? I, I, I'm forever frustrated because I go to pick a pair of pants that I've liked for a long time, and then I notice that the cuffs, not these, but the cuffs are frayed right? And it just doesn't feel right wearing frayed, I mean, if I'm working, yes, or just around the house, but if I'm going out in the public wearing frayed cuffs. Or you go to pull out a shirt and one of the buttons is missing. Now, it's not bad if it's just sort of hanging there, because my wife's a really good seamstress, she'll sew it back on. But if it's gone, where do you get another button just like that? Right? And your clothes, they get old. Your shoes, uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll look down at my, I don't usually look at the soles of my feet, but you look at the soles of your feet and you realize, Oh, my shoes have a hole in them, right? That's how things change. God doesn't change like that. You and I change, but God doesn't change. We go through, we go through seasons of life 
There's times when we feel stronger and times when we feel weaker. There's times that seem very discouraging and depressing to us and maybe very hope is very dim. And there's other times it seems like every day you're going to win this one. And I get that, but you, you need to understand God doesn't have good and bad days. God doesn't have days when he's just overwhelmed. My wife will tell you there are some days I just say, listen, I'm going to try to hide because I don't want to hear one more bad thing. If it's really bad, let me know. But if I don't have to deal with it, I don't want to deal with it today. God doesn't do that. When you pray, God doesn't say, oh, this is too much for me. I just, I, you don't know all the bad things that are going on in China and I just can't handle the, your problem. God doesn't do that. By the way, Marcos thanked us for praying and, and uh, I hope you understand there are folks here, they do pray. They labor over that prayer list. Uh, they spend literally hours uh, praying for the folks on that prayer list and it matters whether we pray. And God never grows tired of us praying. We never ask him too many times. We see that in the, uh, the uh, parable of the, imper- uh, the widow who kept asking. Uh, God never says, listen, you've already asked me for that. I, I don't want to hear about that anymore. Now, there are times God doesn't answer, excuse me, does not give us what we desire, but he never grows tired of hearing us pray. He doesn't have any mediocre days. Um, he, he's just always the same. Now, let's make some applications from this. And the first application that I want to make, because God does not change, God's standards of righteousness do not change. His standards of righteousness do not change. Now, you may think that goes without saying, but I am hearing more and more Christians who are trying to squeeze the Bible and what the Bible teaches into American culture, and it's not going to work. Because American culture is headed one direction. American culture is saying, you feed the flesh, you give in to the flesh, you do what you want to do, you do you, is what they say. I don't even know what that means, but you do you. That's directly opposed to what the Bible tells us, where we're to be selfless, we're supposed to love unconditionally, we're supposed to love our enemy, we're supposed to pray for him, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. These these are diametrically opposed to what uh, uh, we are thinking as a society. God doesn't change. His standard of righteousness does not change. I heard about a, about a um, famous baseball coach who went to speak at a baseball convention. And uh, it was odd because when he came up to speak, he was wearing around his neck, he had a, a rope or whatever, and tied to the rope was a home plate. Now, does anyone know off the top of your head? Now, I, I've, I've written down, so I know, but I wouldn't normally know. How, how, anyone know what, how wide is an official home plate? Any, uh, any idea? Okay, it's 17 inches. 17 inches, okay? And everyone's wondering, why is he wearing this home plate? And he pointed out that baseball home plates have been 17 inches for a century, I mean, they've just always been 17 inches. They never were wider. They never were narrower. They've just been 17 inches. By the way, the key in a basketball has changed. Maybe you didn't know that. In fact, the international has a different. But 17 inches, that's home plate. And he made the application that just like home plate is 17 inches today, it was 17 inches yesterday, and tomorrow it's going to be 17 inches, we shouldn't change our expectations of young people. But I want to make a different application. Just like home plate is 17 inches God's righteousness, his standards, his expectations, his moral principles don't change. Murder was wrong back when he said it in the Old Testament, and murder is still wrong today. 
murder was wrong when he said it, when it was written down, even before that, but written down, it's still wrong today. Immorality. This whole idea that, you know, it doesn't matter who you're married to, you can just have whoever you want. That's, that was wrong before the time of Christ, and it's still wrong today. God's moral standards don't change. But because God doesn't change, number two, God's attitude toward us never changes. I love this verse from James, and I'm going to try to quote it to you. James 1.17 says, James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. With whom is no variableness, he doesn't change, neither shadow of turning. That idea of shadow of turning is he doesn't even appear to change. I mean, th th there's just no change with him. He's just the same. He never changes. So you know what that means? That means, first of all, that God doesn't keep office hours. Every once in a while, someone will call me and they're trying to be generous and they'll say, is today your day off? And uh, I, I try, I don't usually, I don't always, but I try to take Fridays off. If you're wondering, I try to take Fridays off. But they'll call me and they say, is today your day off? God doesn't have any days off, does he? It, it isn't like you go to God on Fridays and he says, you know, Fridays is the day for me time. Why don't you come back tomorrow? God has no days off. God doesn't get stronger or weaker. God isn't more forgiving or less forgiving. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but maybe some of you grew up in homes where your dad or your mom was more forgiving on certain days than others. And so you sort of waited for the ideal time to ask them to forgive you for wrecking the car, right? I waited for the ideal time to say to mom, um, by the way, that new pair of pants you bought me, I already put a grass stain in them. God's not more forgiving or less forgiving. God is never stronger or weaker. He never, um, yeah, he's never stronger. He's never weaker. He's never more frustrated or less frustrated. God's character never changes. Now, maybe some of you know someone whose character has dramatically changed. My friend, Bill Patterson, he's been here to speak. His father, Mike, who's since passed away, had a heart attack. And before his father's heart attack, his father hated shopping. And then he had a heart attack. And after the heart attack, he loved shopping. Bill said it was like night and day difference. I don't know what happened to his heart, but it changed. God doesn't do that. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means that his love for us is eternal. Jeremiah 31.3 tells us, Jesus, God says to us, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. God's love for us is eternal. He doesn't love us one day and then wish us ill the next. And I know sometimes our circumstances can make it feel as if God's forgotten about us or God's trying to smack us down. That's Satan. That's our flesh trying to tell us we should just abandon God and we're just going to have to do it ourselves because God doesn't care. That's a lie. God always cares. We can always cast our burden upon the Lord. It also means his mercies never fail. Lamentations 3, 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That's Lamentations 3, 
22 and 23. Because God is the same, his mercies never fail. And like I said before, there's not days when he's more forgiving or less forgiving. But consider this as well. Because God never changes, he always keeps his promises. He always keeps his promises. There are times when I'll make a promise to you or to my children or to my wife or to someone else. And I really intend to keep my promise. But what happens? The situation changes. Maybe my resources change or there's another demand on my time or whatever. And I have to go back and say, you know, I I told you I was going to do this. I promised you I was going to do this. But God never does that. God never says, you know, I really intended to save you, but I, I just don't. I can't. Right. I really intended to provide all your needs in Christ Jesus, but I can't do that today. You can count on his promises. He never changes. Because God does not change, his power never changes. We call him the Almighty. His power is infinite. You're never going to bring him a problem that he doesn't have the power to deal with. Now, he may not deal with it the way you or I want him to deal with it. I get that. But he's almighty, and he's always going to have enough power. God never changes. His wisdom is also infinite, and his wisdom never changes. Maybe you've met someone whose mind is slowly fading and things that they used to know, they don't know anymore. You go to them and you, maybe, this is what's sad, you go to them and they don't remember who you are. That hurts. I get that. But God isn't like that. God doesn't say, you know, I used to know how to do that, but I I just don't know anymore. God never changes. His wisdom never changes. And one of the things that you can do then, what that means, all these topics, God's wisdom never changes, His power never changes, His love never changes, His mercy never changes, His his standards never change. As you're reading God's Word, you can pray to the same God who opened the Red Sea. You can pray to the same God who forgave the thief on the cross. You can pray to the same God, and I mentioned it this morning, who gave Manasseh the worst king imaginable. He gave Manasseh a second chance. You can pray to the same God who saw, looked down and he saw a woman, Hannah, who was distressed because she didn't have a baby. You can, you, we pray to the same God. He never changes. And often I find it's helpful as I'm praying to say, God, just like you did. And then I'll mention some uh, event that is recorded in his word. Just like you did that, Lord, I'm asking you to do this. Now, that doesn't put God in a box. It doesn't make my vision for what God is to do more powerful than God is. I'm not saying that. It's a reminder to me that we serve the same God. He's not lacking in wisdom, power, mercy, love. God never changes. Everything around us changes. That's what these verses tell us. That the earth that God created, that the heavens that God created, they perish, they wax old, they become old like like a piece of clothing. They change, but God is the same. And then I want you to notice in verse 28, the children of thy servants shall continue and their seed shall be established before thee. I, I, I too, many of you think, and I agree with you, many of us believe that our children are going to face challenges. If Jesus tarries, our children are going to face challenges we can't even imagine. I believe that. But guess what? The same God who helped his people back in the Old Testament who helped his people in the New Testament, the same God who helped us is going to help our children. And here's what he says about them. The children of thy servants shall continue and their seed shall be established before thee. The reason I'm not scared for the future, 
The reason I'm not afraid for my children is not because I think things are getting better, but because I know the same God who's helped me through my life is going to help my children. The same God who got his people, the, uh, the, the church, through the Roman persecution, when emperor after emperor tried to destroy them, is the same God who's going to protect our children. The same God that brought his children out of Egypt. The same God who protected that remnant during the exile. You remember thousands of them were moved from Judah to Babylon. And I'm sure the Babylonian plan was we're just going to corrupt these guys. They're just going to turn into Babylonians just like the rest of us. But somehow God kept that remnant pure. And so when it came time, there was literally thousands of people ready to move right back to Judah. And that was about two generations. It wasn't the children. It was the grandchildren who moved back to Judah. Listen, that's the same God we serve today. He's going to take care of our children. He's, going to, he's given us hope for the future. Never forget that. It's so good to look around and see so many children. I was looking around during the meal, and there's all these kids. And then one of you was saying they were just running through here. Go around the building, run through here. Go around the building, run through here. That's what kids do. I'm so glad we have kids around here. We ought not to be afraid of the future for our children's sake. We need to give them the same God who's blessed us. We need to remind them that there's, the God is still powerful. I'm going to stop there. Father, thank you for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we do pray for our children. For the littlest ones, Daniel, I think, is the youngest one among us. All the way up through these teenagers, some of whom are beginning to wonder and think for themselves and question whether you are the way, the truth, and the life. We pray for all of these children that they would have an experiential walk with you that changes their life. We pray that we, as adults, as the parents, as the grandparents, as the mature Christians at Elmira, that we would have an experiential walk with you that changes our lives, that gives us hope for the future, that gives us direction in our present, that, that drives us to holiness. As you say, be ye holy, for I am holy. You call us to obedience because we love you. And we, we, we want to live that out in a, in a way that the next generation can follow. You are the same. We change. Our society changes. Our circumstances change. But you remain the same. And we praise you for that. And we pray that that would give us a vision for the next generation. And we ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.